up, Chicago? How are y'all doing? This is Chicago Reloaded. Welcome back to a brand new episode. Y'all already know what it is. It's your girl, Omisha. I'm Harvey. And I'm Giovanni. And today we got a very special guest, Andrew Potter from, from Electric Folk Contact Theater. Hi, ho. How is everyone doing? We asked you to be here today. <laughs> I'm, I'm just very immature. Okay, <laughs> we're all are at times. All yeah. Right. Again, this is Andrew Pond. <laughs> Come on, Andrew, go ahead and introduce yourself, man. Hi, everyone. I'm Andrew Pond. I'm the artistic director of Eclectic Full Contact Theater in Chicago. Whoop, whoop, Chicago, represent. Okay. Right on. <laughs> for real, man. All right, Harvey, bro. I, I believe you start off the first question, man. Okay, so our first question for you, Andrew, is who are you? Uh, that's a very existential question, Harvey. Thank you. Um, that'll do well for with with my philosophy degree. Um, completely I, too. Yeah. <laughs> just just jump right in. That's great. Um, yeah. The big question. Um, I'm a I'm a I'm a theater professional. I've been an actor uh, for uh, professionally now for uh, ever since. Uh, what is it? 1995. So however many years that is, I don't do math because I'm in the arts. Um, but uh, I, I've I, I've been uh, in Chicago since 2002 uh, acting. I've taught, directed, um, written uh, all, all kinds of all kinds of stuff. I do. I've done improv. Uh, I also, as we as we know, I I, I do silly voices. Uh, and, uh, just, just for fun, make balloon animals because, you know, why not? Uh, <laughs> I was say balloon animals. anything, anything to keep from working for a living. Um, but I, I've been, I've been in the theater, uh, scene for, uh, 20 some odd years and, uh, have, have done a little bit of everything and now run for the last nine years have been running a theater company, uh, here, here in Chicago, uh, so yeah, did you grow up here in Chicago? No, no. I uh, I'm from north of the Cheddar Curtain. I am uh, I'm from just outside of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, a t- small town, Dallas, Wisconsin. That's where I grew up. But uh, but, but yeah, I'm from I am from the Midwest. But I've, uh, I've I've lived several places in the in the in the country, and I I, I enjoy Chicago the most. So. That's what it is, man. That's what we like to hear. Yeah, <laughs> represent Chicago. Right on. I love it. It's 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 my my favorite of the places that I've that I've lived. Sorry, hometown. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, we know that you have like this long history in theater and the arts, but did you know this is what you wanted to do when you grew up? Like when you were yeah. a kid. No, no. This is uh this is something that I came to rather late as far as because uh, if you talk to a lot of people in the in theater they're like i was dancing when i was two <laughs> and uh i i'm i'm 48 now and i i don't dance because it hurts but um no i i originally uh up until my was sophomore year of high school was going to be a musician i uh played the cello uh for most of my childhood uh from fourth grade on 
And that was what I was going to do. I was going to play in a symphony. I was going to be a, a concert cellist. And then I did my first play in in uh, high school, my sophomore year, and I realized that that was a lot more fun. Uh, and so that's when I switched over to wanting to wanting to do that. As a kid, though, I've always uh, I, I I was always um, what's it obnoxious is one way of, of, <laughs> okay. of describing it. Uh, that's, that's how my, that's how my siblings would have described it. Uh, I, I like to thought, I, I like to think of myself as entertaining, uh, but they would have said, uh, I have two younger brothers and sisters and I, I, as the oldest, it was my job to, uh, torture them. Um, always. and always, <laughs> always, uh, it's, it, it, but I was always sort of like an outgoing kind of class clown type of, uh, person and I and I would use that against my siblings, um, especially my sister. Uh, my si the closest sister uh, to me is only uh, three years younger than I am. So she was a freshman in high school when I was a senior. And one of the things that I would do because in in uh, when I was going to high school, they just let you wander the halls before class. Uh, this was before you know, the, the days of having police officers in your, in your high school. Uh, so we would just, we, it was just, sure, come on in, whatever. I don't care. Who are you? doesn't matter. Come on in. Um, so, so I would just wander the halls before, before class, I'd get there early and she'd be, you know, people would be sitting there in front of their uh, lockers doing homework and everything. And I would just walk around uh, quoting uh, Bugs Bunny cartoons because as I think we've all seen, I, uh, I, I'm a child, um, and I would make sure to walk right past her locker with all of her friends, and I'd be sitting there doing Daffy Duck. I'd be walking around as Robin Hood, uh, walking over, going, going, "Ho, ha, ha, guard, turn, dodge, parry, spin, ha, thrust, ha! <laughs> You're despicable." And of course, all of her, all of her friends would go, "Is that your brother?" And my sister would be like, "Oh God, why?" No, disowned. Why? You would have been disowned if it was me. I don't know you. <laughs> my 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 sister tried to tried to convince me for several years that I was adopted and she was actually the oldest. Really? That's what um, my sisters do now. They swear that I'm adopted, but I'm like, I was here first. Y'all are adopted. It's not well, me. That was the thing. I'm like, I'm older than you. And she's like, No, no, they adopted you, and then they started having children. I'm like, I look just like my father. I'm like, I look just like you. My, 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 one of my other, I was up home, uh, for Christmas, uh, I think last year, back when we could, not this past one, back when you could actually see people. And one of my brothers had, has that face swap app on their phone. And so they were going around and swapping, you know, like all the children with the, with the adults faces, but then they decided to swap my father and my face and nobody could tell. They were like, I think one of them did it work. Cause they look exactly the same. I'm like, great, great. That's it. Yeah. I know how that feels. So <laughs> it was, it was, I'm like, the only reason we could tell is my father wears glasses and I don't. And that was it. That was the only way it was really pathetic. Uh, but yeah. So I've always been, I've always been kind of like an out there kind of personality. Mm -hmm. So out there, he says out, out there, there. <laughs> out there. That's where my sister wanted me out there. Away, uh, 
stop talking I'm to me. Really, so much, man. I got another little short story exactly like that. I took my I took my siblings with my mother to go pick up the report card in elementary school, and I always I would always be the big older brother who would always ask these weird questions. I was like, does he pick his nose in class? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, y'all are embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> Alicia, don't act like you don't love us. Right. <laughs> oh my god. That's just things that guys do. I would literally yeah. cry. This is why I'm glad I'm the older sibling. I do not have like older siblings, older brothers, or even a younger brother. I would literally cry. Like you are not allowed to come in the house. I would intentionally lock you outside and be like, I don't know where he is or she or whoever. I don't know. I don't know where he I, he was here <laughs> and then he was gone exactly I, 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 <laughs> casper took him i don't know that's casper. <laughs> definitely definitely hey andrew 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 i want to ask you i want to ask you too no i don't i don't want to ask you i want to tell you there's two more names you mentioned to us the other day charlie brown and and bugs bunny oh well but, bugs bunny yeah bugs bunny uh was is is based Bugs Bunny cartoons is where I learned how to do all my accents, um, which is really kind of frightening. Uh, you know, it's like, how did you learn to do a French accent? Pepe Le Pew, who else? Um, you know, yeah, those really, were the shows back then. So I'm, I'm telling you, I learned. I, I grew up. I grew up watching a horny skunk. Uh, so, <laughs> which, True. which explains why I have two ex-wives. But um, Lord, oh my God. We, uh, <laughs> But no, it, it, it is true. You're real like, on this show. I am. I'm. I'm. I, I have no filter. Um, but just like us. Yeah, which <laughs> which is why my cough. I make really bad coffee. Um, but <laughs> coffee jokes. I'm done. Okay. Okay. Whatever. Wow. <laughs> I didn't realize coffee jokes were a thing on this on this on this podcast. Um, but no. Uh, yeah, you're right. I did. I had mentioned Charlie Brown. That was technically the first play I had ever done in third grade, they, they did a, a, a thing of, you're a good man, Charlie Brown. And I got cast as Charlie Brown. And I've been typecast ever since, um, which is terrifying because, you know, it, it, it's hard to be in third grade and be bald. I wasn't. Yeah. I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, but how did that play turn you, out, though? It was fine. It was really just a bunch of third to fifth graders doing songs and very short snippets of scenes from this from the show. So we we really had no idea what we were doing, but our music teacher decided we wanted that he wanted to do that. So we did it. I I thought it was fun, but it that didn't do it for me. That that wasn't it. It was it wasn't until high school. Uh, I was I was all about music when I was in elementary and and, and middle school and everything. So. Well, we know that you really got into theater and high school and everything, and that's the career that you done made for yourself. But what can you tell us about your company here in Chicago? Um, well, Eclectic Full Contact Theater uh, uh, started uh, nine years ago. Mm-hmm. Myself, myself and five other uh, friends uh, decided to put this, to, to start a theater company. And um, we, we had... And just a, a, a couple of, of things that uh, were, were driving us to do that. And, and mostly it was the, we had all been in theater for a, a decent amount of time. We weren't fresh out of college. We were all uh, uh, close to or above the age of 30. 
and we we'd worked at a lot of places and we kind of knew what we liked and what we didn't like about working in theater and so we i had apparently had separate conversations with all of these people about what would it be like to run our own theater company wouldn't it be cool if people would just do what we tell them uh you know we could do this how hard could it be uh and then everybody started to realize we've all had this this conversation with andrew maybe we should uh shut him up by actually doing it uh and so we <laughs> so we came together and we 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 formed the theater company and the reason that the name is eclectic full contact theater is we wanted to we didn't want to put ourselves in any kind of like box we didn't want to be the theater who does only this kind of show or only that kind of show we just wanted to do shows that we wanted to do shows that were really good stories that uh you know and what we did then was so that was where the eclectic part of it came in we we just wanted to do shows that we thought were good the full contact part of the name uh a lot of people think that it's like you know some kind of weird mma thing but it's not it's uh it basically is just about us bringing the the audience behind the scenes we'd invite audience members to sit in on some of our rehearsals we would videotape rehearsals and put those up on on social media we would uh we're, we're all about showing people how this gets done because a lot of people in the audience they go they see the show they're like oh that's nice and but they don't know they don't see what goes into putting it on and that's one of the things we wanted to do and so so that was that was where the name came from and then the other basic thing was we uh just believed that you could run a small non-union theater company and still treat people well um you know we we paid everybody from day one which is not typical we we try to do everything we can to treat our artists the way that we would want to be treated at other theaters so we try to be very respectful of their time we we try to make things easier on them uh even if that makes things harder on us because you know that's that's kind of where where we fall we want to make we want to be a place that people want to come back and work again and again and again and again that's 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 basically the 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 ethos of the entire theater company is like you don't have to be huge you don't have to have a million dollar budget and you don't have to be union in order to treat people decent period Weird. Yeah. boom if i <laughs> i mean if, I, if my mic wasn't attached to my headphones i'd drop it <laughs> uh. but it's safe to say that you put on a lot of shows at the theater so if you had to choose which was your favorite show that you put on so far if you had oh oh that's 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 tough um it's it's interesting i i would have to say that probably the favorite I've got a couple of, of 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 the ones that we've produced that I've that I have physic that I have personally been in. I would have to say that my 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 favorite is either uh, the three man show that we did called the the Complete Works of William Shakespeare Abridged, where three guys do all of Shakespeare's plays in an hour and a half. <laughs> what? Um, it's a ridiculous show. It's brilliant. Uh, it it's it's 
just one of the funniest things I've I've ever been a part of. And it's yeah, been, it sounds amazing. And and, and the the other two people, uh, it was me and two of the other founders, uh, an actor named Michael Woods and another actor named Adam, Adam Kander, and they're two of the the greatest people I've ever worked with. And it was just it was so much fun from 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 beginning to end. Um, the other, my, the other favorite that I've been in would have to be the one that we did right before the pandemic, which was an, an adaptation of uh, Shakespeare's Richard III that was set in Chicago during the Depression. So I got to play a gangster, Richard III, which was, was, was kind of fun. Um, of the shows that we've put on that I haven't necessarily been involved in as an actor, um, I've, I have been incredibly proud of... A lot of the a lot of the dramas that that we've that we've done. We did a a, a, a brilliant uh, show called Gideon's Knot, which was a two woman show a couple of years ago uh, about the death of a child um, and uh, a, a child who 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 takes his own life uh, and the conversation between his teacher and his mother um because they before this had happened he had been suspended and they were supposed to have a parent teacher conference and the mother shows up for it after the child has taken his own life to find out why the child had been suspended and it becomes this really disturbing back and forth about um about bullying and about how people raise their children because the child was whose name Gideon was 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 very unusual let's put it that way and did some very disturbing things um so it it was interesting to see how that went from he's the victim to he could have been somebody who could have been very dangerous and it's just to two people on stage and the, the two women, uh, Julie Partika and uh, Michelle Annette, who were both uh, company members were, were brilliant. And that was one of our three shows that was recommended for a, a, a Jeff award here in Chicago. So I was, I was very, very proud of that. Uh, that's really awesome, man. I, I, honestly, like I want to put a, <clears throat> I want to put a personal note into this. Uh, I actually wanted to be an actor back when I was a kid. I which is actually pretty, pretty surprising. Like, I know I didn't bring this up until now, right? But it's because, I mean, acting wasn't really my thing because I just couldn't get over my stage fright. I, I feel like maybe if I could have, maybe I would have yeah, been I know how that feels. One day, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I actually enjoy voice acting a little bit more uh, because just the thought of, like, I'm completely alone. I can completely in, like, engulf myself into this character. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that, that's the kind of stuff that I like. And, you know, which brings me to my to the next topic I really want to talk to you about is the shows you're doing now. Everything that's going on with COVID, you guys no longer do live shows. You, all you guys do is audio dramas, right? And, like, you know, I really want to point that out. How is that process going for you guys? And like, um, have you guys seen some success with those audio dramas? It's, it's, it's very interesting um, because we had started doing an audio drama uh, a couple of years ago uh, just because of the fact that, you know, I was bored. Um, uh, which is, which is how most of the, the ideas that, that we end up doing happen. It's just like, I, I come to a bunch of people and I go, Hey, can we try this? And they're foolish enough to not stop me. Um, 
And so we developed this, we developed an audio drama, uh, a parody of like old 1930s radio shows, uh, specifically the old show, The Shadow, which is about a, 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 sh a shadowy figure that dresses all in black and fights crime in the city. Um, and we called it Throwing Shade. And so wow. we, <laughs> it's, um, it, it's, it's about a, a, a shadowy figure that fights crime in the shit city called the shade, um, who's completely and utterly incapable of, of, of doing anything correctly. And his, and his, uh, female sidekick, uh, who is actually the competent one, but because it's the 1930s, uh, he gets all the credit. And so we used that to sort of like satirize casual male privilege, casual white privilege, stuff like that. It's a lot of satire and dad jokes. So in, in, in between making fun of, of all that privilege, I, I, I slip as many puns as is humanly possible into it. I knew the puns were going to oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, it, puns are the highest form of comedy as far as I'm concerned. Um, but so we started doing that a couple of years ago, and we've, we have two seasons, two 13-week seasons of that already up. And we've just finished writing and recording the third season. Uh, I, I was, for the first two seasons, really the, the one writer on that. And I, I have another person who's helping me now, a wonderful uh, company member named Kaylee Osterman, who's uh, helping me write, who helped me write the third season. But we started doing that. And so we, we had this kind of experience of having done that just for fun. Um, and, and people really liked it and it, it, it was fun to do. And it was something, it, it taught us all, you know, a lot of new skills. I learned how to edit sound and all this other stuff. It was, it was fun to do. Um, and then when COVID hit, I went, well, we were doing this already. Why don't we try to, to expand that? And so we went out and found, uh, we went out and searched for writers who were interested in writing serialized audio drama. And, 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 and to do that. And so we, we got a lot of people who, who came to us and said, yeah, yeah, what, what are you talking about? And we had no ideas. We had zero ideas. Uh, I wanted to know what the, what the writers wanted to do. And so we started to like pull writers together and make and turn them into teams uh, to, to write these, these dramas. And so the, the, we got four serialized dramas uh, that we uh, have since between June of 2020 and now have been developing, rehearsing and recording next week, next week, the 13th, uh, we'll finally finish recording the very last one. But the, the four uh, serialized audio dramas that we're doing are called, uh, and I'll get more into them uh, after I tell you what they, what they are, are called uh, Bloody Bay, uh, Deep Shadows, Monocyte, and the one for the kids, Clusterfuck. Um, uh, that's I'm excited. Yeah, that's the one I'm most excited for. <laughs> that's that's the family one. No. Um, and then the the interesting thing that we found, uh, and because I can't say no, we we started getting a lot of people who were just sending us scripts. We're sending us like short ten to twenty to thirty minute scripts. And so I said, well, let's do an anthology. So we've also started to do something called the Half Hour Audio Hour, which is a monthly podcast that is a different script every month for, by a different playwright. And so we, we decided to, to do all of this stuff. And I really wanted to because of all the things that have been going on it's, uh, and, uh, in the world 
during, you know, as, as we all know, 2020 was a, was a, uh, a transformative year. Um, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> you know, both were yeah. both right. So like, neither of us are, we're both yeah, right, it, it was, so. it was, it was transformative, uh, in, in a lot of crappy ways, but one of the things that I think was really good is it made us all sort of stop and take stock of what was going on in the and the Chicago theater community did that in a big, big way and started looking at sort of how Chicago theater was run and how the, and what the system was and how that was kind of, there's no better way for it. Just shitty to a lot of people. Um, and, and mirrored in a lot of ways, the, 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 the straight white male privilege that the country basically runs on. Mm -hmm. And so, and there was a lot of talk about changing and how can we change it? What can we do? And, and so when we were talking about these, these making these projects, um, the decision came very easily that what we would do is we would highlight work of women, BIPOC and LGBTQ artists. Those were the people that we would bring together because those are the stories that don't get told. And those are the voices don't, that don't get heard. So everybody who's writing on all of this, on the, on the four series or, uh, and everybody that we've lined up for the anthology fall into one of, if not more of those communities, women, BIPOC and LGBTQ artists. And uh, same thing with the directors. Um, so that was really something that was very important to, to myself and everybody else at, at, at Eclectic was to make sure that that, that we were taking this time and making this pivot, not just to keep ourselves afloat, but to also do something different and do something that, uh, would make things better. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we're, that's, that's what we're shooting for. And can you tell us what's your favorite upcoming, um, project that you guys have? Um, my, my personal, my personal favorite from just a, uh, probably because it, it, it contains as many puns and, and really, uh, uh, cheesy jokes as, as throwing shade does is monocyte, which is a sci-fi parody of old time of classic, uh, sci-fi TV shows like Star Trek, Buck Rogers, space 1999. It, it, it follows the crew of this medical cruiser called the monocyte as it goes through the through the universe dispensing aid and helping those uh in need as part of a giant galactic federation what we have is a captain that is very much that square jawed kind of machismo i know everything um even though he doesn't <laughs> and um it touches on a lot of very serious uh even even while it's giving us really cheesy jokes it's it's touching on a lot of really interesting things like space exploration and and giving aid in the galactic federation is really just colonization it's it it touches on that concept it touches on um mental health because there's a uh, there's the possibility uh, and toxic masculinity uh, especially because of the fact that this this guy basically knows thinks he knows better than everybody else even when he knows nothing so that one is probably just, but again, as we've seen, I'm a giant child. So it, it has, it has a lot of, uh, silly jokes in it. So that's technically, and I love sci-fi. So that's from, from my own personal thing, that's my favorite, but all of them are, are, are really, really 
brilliantly done. And they all kind they all revolve around this idea of looking at things in a different way and sort of looking at how things have been running and how that's not working and how things have to be have, have to change even if you are talking about something as, as, as ridiculous or as out there as uh, you know uh, a, a sci-fi parody but all of them all of them have this this idea of looking at, at, at systems that are sort of we all take for granted looking at the status quo and going, wait, why is it run like this? Right. I mean, yeah, I, I was to say we said the same thing about politics <laughs> last year. So I was, was going to say, yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, you can't, you can't look at what was going on in 2020 and just go, well, that's not, that has nothing to do with me. I'm just going to go over here and keep doing my own thing. Nah, I about to say 2020, everybody had to play their part. Like, like even the young mm-hmm. ones had to play their part paying attention and listening to a bunch of stuff. I felt like we all grew up, even you, you, you know, you, like you say, you were a giant <laughs> man child, but I was saying like, even you grew up a little bit. Oh, like there is, there is no question about that. Um, I've, I've, I mean, I've always been, I've always been the type of person who, who I, I I've always been a, a, a liberal and a progressive, but 2020 did, did this to everybody. It made all of us sort of, because we had to slow down and, and, and stop, I mean, all of a sudden, you know, the treadmill that I'd been running on for at least nine years, if not longer, where I just go from one project to the other, to the other, to the other, and I don't really have a whole lot of time to think in between, that all ended. And we had to stop, and we had to take stock of what was going on. And we had to look at, at, at things and go, well, no, this is messed up. Everything about this is messed up. I mean, we, we, for all intents and purposes, saw society fall apart in, 20, in 2020. Yeah, true. You know, everything shut down. There's no, federal, there's no federal government to aid anybody. Every state is trying to do it on their own. They don't know what they're doing. We got a bunch of people who, who think that putting a mask over your face is the, is the, is the greatest oppression ever known to man. And and I just sort of shake my head and go, what? Where where did the idiots come from? And then you have to look back and go, oh, we we basically let them in. Um, put them in power. My thing is yeah. like, twenty twenty. The only thing I'm really mad about, especially here in Chicago, is the jobs and the fact that they looted everything. It is so hard to find a job right now, and it angers me to like my bone marrow because this is ridiculous. I I am so happy. There's very you will very rarely hear me uh, talk about how glad I am to be old, um, <laughs> but but I am so happy that I am not trying to start out at this point the way things are. Um, you know, it's I, I I look around and at at it's sort of how everything is set up, and I just shake my head and I go, how does anybody expect anybody to be able to to succeed at anything? I mean. It, it's it's wonderful that there are so many different ways to now make money, um, uh, thanks to the internet and, and online stuff and being able to basically just make your own work. But at the same time, it's also like there's absolutely no sense of security and very little actual money coming in from from those types of things, uh, unless you're basically willing to to hustle yourself into in, into the ground. And it's, 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 it's amazing to me 
how 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 much different that is. And so I I I, I applaud anybody who's who's coming out of you could do an entire season and you may have just about how how fucked up everything was in 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 2020 and how but you know that's that's in a lot of ways one of the things that we're trying to do with these with these shows is is bring is turn a spotlight on that in a dramatic entertaining kind of kind of way you know um as opposed to putting out like a a talk a talk podcast talking about politics and how screwed up everything is mostly because nobody wants to hear a, a middle-aged white guy talk about politics. So I I'm like, let's, let's, let's make some shows. Speaking of shows and everything, because I mean, yeah. I'm really interested in the deep shadow that's supposed to be releasing on March 8th. And I just wanted to know if you can give us more information about that for the people who are like me, who just love crime and death and all that stuff. And the fact that you're also attacking like systematic racism, classism, and corruption. Like I just feel like this is gonna be a bomb show to listen to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um it it is. It's 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 the one show that we have in of the four that's a straight drama. Um and it's written by uh, a wonderful pair of writers, uh, Aaron Mays, who's from Chicago, and Colette Cullen, who is from Dublin. And uh, they uh, they got put together uh, with this. And it's it's really interesting because it's, it's for all intents and purposes, it's like a police procedural. It's like uh, a law and order. That's what Aaron wanted to write. He wanted to, he's always wanted to write for law and order. And so um, we... They, they they decided to write this procedural, but it's from the it's from the point of view of a social worker. The main character is uh, a, a, a black lesbian social worker who works in Chicago. It's set in Chicago, and she gets pulled into the. Uh, into the investigation of the death of a former cl of, of a former client um, who was found dead in her apartment uh, in an apart in a, an apartment building that's for people coming out of foster care and and so she gets pulled into trying to find out what happened and in the process she runs into all the stumbling blocks the budget the budgetary issues from her superiors of like, we don't have the manpower. We don't have the money for you to go looking into this. This isn't our problem. This is a police problem. Let the police handle it. She, she runs into all of the assumptions that uh, police can, can possibly make when they find a, 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 a young woman just dead in her apartment. Um, she runs into, uh, she runs into the problems of why this even happened in the first place. And we go into a lot of looking at the, the issues of privatizing public services uh, in order to help the city's budget by taking money, uh, by taking expenses away from the city and giving them to private corporations. And what does that do to these things that are supposed to be helping people when all of a sudden you take that and turn it into something that is profit driven rather than people driven. And so all of those, while at the same time dealing with some immigration issues, because she is in a relationship with someone 
with a woman from Ireland who is sitting here wondering about her visa and her and, and trying to get a green card. And so it's we all of these uh, <clears throat> all of these subjects are, are tied up in these six very tightly written 30 minute episodes. It's only six episodes for this first season, but it tackles so much stuff and, and, and gets into so many different uh, things that are happening. None of this is, none of this is fanciful. This is stuff that is happening right now. I mean, the, the, the disc, everyone's constantly talking about trying to privatize stuff. That's what happened to the prison system um, is all of a sudden it went private, you know, and, and the, and, and the grand <clears throat> argument that we have in this country about should should things be private, should things be run uh, or, or funded by the government. And so that's one of the things that, that, that really gets into this. And she's also got a problem with the fact that, you know, her younger brother happens to be a Cook County sheriff. Uh, and so she's she's bashing into familial issues, trying to look at this thing from two different sides. So it's a it's a very, very chock full uh series uh and and i'm really really impressed by it and i think it's going to be i i i I agree with you i think it's going to be a a hell of a thing to listen to yeah yeah it sounds really interesting you know we're 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 in the midst of trying to raise uh trying to raise some money to to help supplement that but but everyone's going to get a a paycheck out of this because uh it's just it's not doing us it's better that than it's sitting in the bank as far as I'm concerned. Right. So. Hey, man, either way, I, I feel like you're still doing a great I, deed. Either way, man. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. Now, I, I want to pick your brain about Bloody Bay because I, I know that yeah. way that sounds like I want to pick your brain. Well, Amisha's all into death and corruption, so you can – why not? You can pick my brain and she can watch it happen. Yes, I would love to. I'm very into all of that. Really? I really am. <laughs> if you want to know like how much crime stuff I watch on a daily basis, I might be a serial killer myself. I'm learning a lot. Okay. You, you, you. I was, I, I was about to bring up that topic too because a lot of people thought I was a serial killer back in middle, uh, like junior high, because I was obsessed with serial killers. But not for the reason everybody thinks. Like, and these are real stories. Like, people actually like, did this stuff, and it's just crazy. Like, I love watching it. Like, my, binge watch it all my, the time. My 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 fiance, who's one of the founding members of the of the theater company, is also a a, a true crime junkie. And uh, we've been together. We've been together for many many years. And uh, shortly after getting together and i learned this i i think i i, I haven't slept a single night with both eyes closed <laughs> just in case right. yeah, look um, you learn a lot from these shows too like okay like they don't have to level up okay yeah, some of these killers, they have been like not caught for decades and decades and decades like this is one case the golden state killer all the way in California, mm-hmm. he didn't get caught for years. He had like sixty years of crime underneath his belt, and the way he got caught was a DNA sample from him blowing his nose in a tissue and throwing it in the garbage. That's how he got caught from all and that's the why crazy never- stuff that he did, from ransacking and burglarizing that he escalated to raping, and then he was going out to people and kids, and then he was just killing people afterwards, and he was doing this well into his old age. 
I was just like, wow. And that's why I don't throw anything away. <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely. And but Bloody Bass, just interesting to me. It's a writer trying to plan the perfect mm-hmm. murder, at least in my opinion. It's like one of those other shows, you know, like, I got away with murder or something like that. So I was like, it's just so interesting because a novelist who's lost their inspirations, it's, it seems like she's desperate. And it, it just goes further and further because she's a novelist, yeah. which I want to be a novelist too, which is kind of freaking me out. I hope they never go down this path. It's, <laughs> I, I, I think that there is a point where you can consciously go, I'm not going to try to turn people to, uh, on each other to kill them. No, um, Bloody Bay. Bloody Bay is a very, very funny show, and that's written by uh, uh, Anne Marie Shea, who lives in Massachusetts, and Mimi Monteith, who lives in London. And this takes place in a very small town called Bloody Bay, uh, which is in uh, way up in northern New England, in like the main area. Uh, it doesn't really exist. Uh, I, I said, like, it's way up there, and people are going to go, can I go? No, you can't. It doesn't really exist. But it's entire, It's one of those, it's one of those <laughs> small towns like you see in, in, in some of these uh, murder mystery shows, especially the ones over in, in, in England, but, uh, or, or like Murder, She Wrote, where it's like this tiny little town where some, for some reason there's 70 people who live in this town, and yet somebody dies every week. And you're like, wh- why is the population never changing? But but they are very well known for, for for murders, and that's what their tourism is is based on is the fact that lots of murders happen there. But it hasn't happened for a while. It's kind of dried up, as as they say in one of the first episodes. Everybody interesting has either been murdered or is in prison for murder. Um, and this crime novelist. Florence Gardner has based all of her bestsellers off of crimes that really happened in Bloody Bay. And there hasn't been any. So she's kind of, her inspiration has kind of dried up and she's come to visit hoping that, that she's going to get some inspiration and there has been a death. um, But they're not sure whether it's been a murder or not. And in her desperation, she starts trying to cause one. Um, she starts trying to get people to kill each other. And so this is so that she can write a best-selling novel. So it's it's a it's a dark twisted uh, look into uh, you know people who are desperate to hold on to what they have uh, and, and instead of trying to figure out a better way of doing it, just go, it's it's I deserve this and so I shall twist and manipulate people to get what I want. And, and, and at the same time, it's really funny. Uh, <laughs> that's what we specialize in making you laugh while at the same time you're going, Ooh, yeah. That, <laughs> What's going uh, on why there? am I laughing at that? <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it's very funny. And that's, that's going to, uh, that's going to launch March 16th. Can't wait for that. I already got it down yeah. on my I gotta say, like these writers you guys have like really, really creative rock. We've we've got we've got um and the and the and the great thing is these were all ideas that were brought to us for uh from by these writers. Uh the, these were not these these weren't anything that we had sitting around and we were just looking for stuff. And just in talking with them, these these kind of came out and pretty much all of these except for one 
all of these writing teams have never met each other before they started working on these series. Uh, we just found them and sort of like put them together and, and thought, well, you two might work well together. So, um, and, and uh, I want to say, because we discussed Monocyte and I did not uh, mention the people who, who, uh, who wrote that. That's uh, a show that's, that's uh, written by another local playwright here in Chicago, Donaldson Cardenas and uh, Nina Key, who's out in New York. And they 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 wrote a very very funny show, and it's 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 really lovely. And Monocyte's going to launch the twenty fourth of March. Twenty fourth March. Yeah. Okay, hold on, let me write that down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to use my calendar too. I swear to you, I, 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 yeah, I was about to say, tell our viewers if you if you want these dates, you're not writing it down like I am right now, you know, because I don't want to miss out. Yeah, we're gonna put them all on our Instagram, including the links. Uh, to their site and to their audio drama. So if you if you want to go get that, uh, go to Chicago Reloaded. <clears throat> uh, Instagram. Also, yeah, you can find all these we'll links, all the links on our Facebook page too. Also at Chicago Reloaded, everything will be there if you are not writing this stuff down, but you are interested. Yeah, guys, make sure you check out these shows. They sound really entertaining. So let's move on to Clusterfuck. That's supposed to be coming out <laughs> April first, and I'm very, I really want to know. Yeah, I mentioned that um, Clusterfuck. That that is a now that that show was brought to us by the only team that had been writing before they they started working with us. This this was a writing team that has been together for 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 several years, and this clusterfuck was written by uh, Kemmer Kaswani Cope and Logan Gilbert, and uh, Kemmer is uh, from from the Chicagoland area, but now lives out uh, in, in LA. And Logan is from uh, uh, Canada and all of Canada, the entire country. He's, um, but Clusterfuck is a very, very interesting show. It's about a grad student named Violet who, who really, really wants to be a psychologist. She is incredibly uh, interested in people, wants to know what makes them tick, uh, wants to understand them, and wants to be a therapist. The only problem is that she just might be a sociopath. That's the best one. Uh, Don't do me. Don't do me. Okay. That sounds like you're a Misha. Okay, look. Yes. Wow. I I could be. Look, I'm into psychology too. Don't try me. But, um, she, 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 her, her mentor in this grad program uh, gives her a preliminary, or, or says that there are, um, that that she shows some aspects of cluster B uh, personality disorder, which is, which is sociopathic, and so as soon as that kind of gets around the campus, it it's a very interesting uh, look into how that affects not only how other people deal with Violet, but also how that causes Violet to think of herself and how some of this may actually be sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy where she finds this out and then almost starts leaning into that. And so it's a, it's a very, very interesting uh, look into the issues with kind of how mental health diagnoses are made, uh, the stigma around them, 
the problems necessary sometimes with uh, academia. And one thing that that I find very that uh, Kemmer and Logan are very big on that I find rather refreshing as well is that the the lead character and several of the characters in this uh, show uh, are are queer and their relationships are shown to be no more or no less than 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 straight relationships none of the tragedy in any of their relationships comes from the fact that they're queer they're just the problems are just based on personality so no one is sitting there going oh my 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 relation it, it, it it's how can i tell people that i'm you know it's it there's no like coming out tragedy or anything like that and that's one of the things that i i find very refreshing about the whole thing is that they stay away from those tropes and focus more on 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 the people and less on the on the quote unquote uh, cliched tragedy of of queer relationships man that's so true because uh, you know so, so sometimes I, I feel like like uh, the queer people are just like so hit yeah. way too much than they should be and especially during these trying times and like all this stuff you know just yeah. just a little a little amount of respect can go a long way at least at least in my opinion and you know I just, again it's why what I enjoy about your writers and I'm very and, much and, and Omisha it. was and correct it does it, come yeah. out on on April 1st but there's no there there's no underlying meaning to that date other than it just happened to be the day <laughs> that um because we wanted to release these on a rolling schedule we didn't want to just throw four of them up onto the into the world all at once and kind of like over over overwhelm everybody so we wanted to do them eight days each one uh premieres eight days after the the one before and we just chose march 8th uh for a reason i don't remember and then eight days after that it just turned out that the last one went up on on april 1st and uh we kind of went hmm the mental health one going up on april fool's day all right sure so <laughs> yeah it's so it's great in my opinion i mean it's called the name of it it's, yeah it's, 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 it's it, it is it's, uh, it's, it's and this is another six episode one uh both both bloody bay and not bloody bay both deep shadows and, and clusterfucker six episodes each one 30 minutes long bloody bay is 12 30 minute episodes and uh, Monocyte is the longest one. That's 15 episodes ranging anywhere from 20 to 45 minutes. So in other words, if y'all are bored, I'm, 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 go check I'm, out their I'm stuff. I'm telling you, hey, cool. and, and we've already got, and we've already got one up and running, which is the half hour audio hour. Uh, the, the, the anthology kicked off in January. We've, we've got one running up for that already. And we have another one coming out, uh, uh, Valentine's day. We have a brand new episode coming out Valentine's day. Um, and they're two very, very different shows, <laughs> very, very different shows. The one that's uh, running up now is called breaks, which was written by crease crease. Wow. I need some more coffee. Chris Eli black, um, uh, about a, uh, a rapper dealing with, uh, what's happening to his popularity after making a very public statement, uh, following the show unarmed shooting by police of a, I'm sorry, following the shooting by police of an unarmed black man. 
be very hard to have an unarmed shooting. Um, uh, and so what happens when he comes out and, and makes a statement about that and what happens with uh, his career? Uh, and that's running right now. That's a that's a really wonderful show. You can find it. It's up and running. And that'll be running until the 13th of February. And then we'll be pulling on February 14th on the half hour audio hour will be a, a, a show called Death and Grandmother Che which was written by Nina Key, who also was one of our writers on, on Monocyte. And that's steeped uh, in Korean folklore. And it's uh, an elderly woman who meets, well, death on a lonely road one day and uh, is, forced to re, is forced to face the cost of the choices she made in her past. Um, and it's very interesting since it takes place in Korea shortly after the end of the Korean, well, the American involvement in the Korean conflict. So the latter half of the 20th century when North and South Korea were divided. And so not only dealing with, with, with that, but also dealing with what you have to do to survive in, in, a, in a, an oppressive regime, uh, which is where a lot of her choices came from. So it's a really, really lo lovely show that's going to be going up on Valentine's Day because nothing says love like being forced to justify your life to death. Um, Sounds about right to me. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I was like, talking to death, it wouldn't actually wouldn't be too bad. You know, you know, a little wine, a little cheese. No, I'd be terrified. Just, just, you know, hey, man. <laughs> it is your birthday, too. So I, I don't think you want to talk about death on your birthday. Right. <laughs> there you have it. So, so yeah, that, that's that's already going on, and we're gonna have a brand new that a new episode uh, uploads to Half Hour Audio Hour the second Sunday of every single month. So uh, it's it's we're we're so that's gonna be we're we're already rehearsing the the one that's gonna go up in March, and we're just it's 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 never ending. It's gonna be 12, 12 brand new uh, shows. All representing those same those same communities as well. So, I mean, it's it's it's, it's just a, like a whole bundle of joy coming out of yeah. I can't wait and either. I, and I just want to say I can't wait. I can't wait. And I, I'm gonna be sure. Like uh, my sister, right? My my sister, she loves things like this, and she just got into uh, podcasts, oh. and audio dramas. So I'm gonna be showing her a lot too, you know, and like all these other great things that are happening inside of your guys's company, inside of your guys's theater group. And I can really see like the passion and writing because I'm a writer too. So I can really see all that stuff yeah. that's going into it just from the small descriptions you're giving us. I give give a whole overview of everything and it's so amazing. It honestly is. Right. I, I like, <laughs> the one I'm most excited for is probably like Clusterfuck <laughs> or Monocyte. Nah, my bloody babe, man. It's all about you know, okay, I'm, 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 I'm at the end of the day. Don't I'm going to win. You know, the female's <laughs> always on top. Deep shadows is the way to go. Nah, Manasseh is where it's at, bro. I, I'm just gonna stay. I'm just staying the hell out of this. Uh, I, I thought I, you were on Manasseh. I, I may just, I may just, uh, I, I may just remind everybody: you can listen to all of them. Um, they <laughs> <laughs> right. Just listen to all of them. Everybody, everybody yeah, call your friends. Have a movie day. Come, come look at all of them. I was gonna say, please do. Um, that'll make that'll make me happy. Um. And so, but it it's and and we're 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 all we're all very very excited about 
all all of this and and the and the one thing that i want to uh, uh say is that th we are planning on continuing this even once live theater comes back we are not this isn't just a, a stop gap yeah it's just the start everybody yeah hear plenty more to you come here first. that's right it's just the start today <laughs> today chicago tomorrow the world um i can't talk to you. Yes. <laughs> I definitely had you, man. Dude, it's been so great having you. Unfortunately, we're almost out of time. I, I just want to thank all of you for having me on. Say, uh, this is, uh, we are, we are very new to, to, to doing this, to this whole podcasting thing. And uh, I really appreciate the, the, I appreciate the excitement you all seem to have for these. It's very it's very interesting to me uh, from where I am to to hear people who are a year or two younger than me um, <laughs> be as excited. Okay, here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I must, but I have a very small attention span. It's so it's, it's really it's really uh, energizing and exciting for me to hear the excitement that you all have for these projects. Because I know I find them interesting, but it's good to know that people who are not me find these interesting and are excited about them as well. And so I, I, I just want to thank you for having me on and for and, and, and for uh, being as excited about this stuff as, as, as I am. So I appreciate it very, very much. Yeah, thank you for being here, man. Yeah. Yeah. We're glad that you came. We're glad I'm that you came great. and told us about all your upcoming shows. Like, they're all very interesting. We really thank you for that. Yeah. I'm a, so, everybody, like we said, uh, all these links, all these profiles, you can say, are going to be on our Instagram, and you'll be able to uh, check out their right. stuff as well. So, thank you we'll again for coming Instagram to our well. show and promoting your shows, upcoming shows this year. And, again, you can find all our stuff on Instagram and Facebook. But that's the end of the show tonight. And remember, we are Chicago and you have been reloaded.